Welcome to the When Wit Happens podcast. This is a podcast that helps you find ways to celebrate and live your best life, even when stuff happens. Now here's your host, Whitney West. So welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today we have another special guest and Lindsay Bertner. So I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself to you all so we can get talking. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on your podcast, Whitney. My name is Lindsay Vertner, and I am a peak potential strategist. I teach ambitious, busy female entrepreneurs how to master their mindset and increase their self-care, self-worth, and self-discipline. I empower women to maximize their potential and unapologetically pursue their passions so that they can create a first-class life full of purpose, fulfillment, and happiness. That is my jam, and that is what I love to do. Y'all hear that excitement in her voice? Like, I love hearing her speak, y'all. I um, found her on Clubhouse, and I was just like, I need to reach out to her and talk to her. And I listened to her speaker reel, and I was like, okay, we have to have her on the podcast because (laughs) her message is so in alignment with everything we talk about on here the life, you know, when what happens is about making the best of your life, even when stuff happens. And I think Lindsay's story is the perfect example of that. So I want to kind of start by getting into some of how you got here to be this dynamic help and coach for women. Yes, yes. So to really understand my story, I have to take it back to 2007. And what had happened was in May of 2007, I found myself waking up in complete darkness. I had no clue where I was. I went to move and I couldn't move. I went Mm. to fall out and I couldn't speak. And so I couldn't see anything except I noticed the moonlight was shining through an unfamiliar window. And so I started to panic in that moment, like, (sighs) because what else do you do in a time like that? I don't know about you, but for me, I watch too many movies. So (laughs) (laughs) in my head, I was just new. I was tied up in some psychos basement ready to torture me. Like he was about to pass you the lotion. (laughs) Yes, like, oh Lord, what's the habit? And so I panicked so much that I eventually exhausted myself out and to the point where I passed out. And so the next morning when I wake up, I think to myself like, man, that nightmare felt so real. And I'm so glad it's over. Only to slowly realize that I still didn't know where I was. I still couldn't see, still couldn't talk, and still couldn't move. The only thing that had changed was now the sunlight was shining through that same window. But before I could panic again, a lady walks up to me and she starts talking to me and she's asking me these questions and I'm answering her. But in reality, the only noises that came out of my mouth were, uh, 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 Mm -hmm. because it was a tube going down my throat, keeping me alive. Mm -hmm. So... To make a long story short, she fills me in on what had occurred an entire week earlier on May 13, 2007. The car I was driving flipped multiple times as if it were doing backflips before landing upside down off the opposite side of the highway. I was cut from the car and pronounced brain dead on the scene. I was lifelined by helicopter to a trauma hospital where again, I was pronounced brain dead upon arrival. But God had mm. other plans for my life. Because despite being burned that on multiple occasions, the surgeons proceeded to do emergency surgeries anyway. I was placed on life support. They didn't expect me to make it through the night nor the next day. And essentially, I woke up an entire week later. One minute, I minded my business driving home on the highway from visiting my mother on Mother's Day. And the next, I'm waking up to being told that I was brain dead and not only that, paralyzed. Brain wow. and paralyzed. Yes. And so it was in that moment, I was thinking two things. The first was, thank God I'm alive. Amen. And the second was, 
Thank God I wasn't in some psycho's basement. (laughs) (laughs) Still didn't know where I was, but at least I was safe in a hospital. So it was in that moment that I realized I could either be a victim to my circumstances or be a victor over my obstacles. And I chose the latter. I understood Mm -hmm. that although I was living a good life, I wasn't living at my maximum potential. And Mm. so I desired... I I decided that I was going to take this life that I had been given a second chance at, and I was going to create a first-class life full of purpose, fulfillment, and happiness. And so it was in that recovery process that led me to what I do today as a peak potential strategist. Girl, that story, it's like, not that I didn't hear it before, it's just like every time. It's just so impactful because even though my story wasn't exactly the same, it's like I resonate with it so much because I went into the hospital with just pain and was ended up getting my gallbladder out. And just, I remember the moment that I just crashed after surgery and mm-hmm. ended up on a ventilator for eight days <laughs> as well. So um, a little over that week and kind of waking up in that same days not knowing what's going on with a tube down your throat so I yes I just you know I just see myself so much in that and I think a little bit of the difference is as well it's all different but is that in that moment just because you were faced with so much and like knowing that you had been brain dead and paralyzed it's like it's kind of like was more of a split decision split moment decision for you to be like I have to take control of this Uh, whereas I think it took me a little bit longer because one they didn't know what was going on Um, Mm -hmm. and two it was like it wasn't as I won't say it's urgent but you know like obviously there was a there was something there was like no I'm gonna take control of this for you and that you were paralyzed and so I know that there can be so many mental blocks and emotions and feelings with that and like, how are you, how are you feeling in that moment, even after making that decision that you were gonna, you know, persevere through this? Yeah, so in that moment, I really was just grateful and thankful. Mm. I had to be happy. And I know that sounds really crazy because even when people came to visit me, they would even say like, girl, if I was you, I would be depressed. (laughs) I would be crying and running out of But fortunately, I've had enough understanding of psychology with my background that our thoughts are very powerful. And even if you don't have the educational background, like it's it's evidence everywhere. It's evidence in science, evidence in, in spirituality. Our thoughts are extremely powerful. And so... I didn't want to focus on the things that I couldn't change because mm-hmm. what was the point? I mean, I can't change them. So I'd Absolutely. only be causing my own turmoil. I'd only be causing my own stress and overwhelm because it doesn't matter how much I cry over it. I can't change it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and that was really the mindset that I had. So it was like, how do I take what I've been given in this situation and turn it into what I truly desire. And that was the key question. That is, that is a amazing question. And I know I feel like I'm going to keep saying this and I feel just like our stories are so paralleled and like the processes that we kind of went through and what we teach people. Um, and I think that that acceptance, for me, it's been what I try to teach people is like radical, not only self-acceptance, but acceptance of what has happened because one, you can't change it. And mm-hmm. that roadblock, you don't want to keep running into it because you essentially do more damage to yourself by ignoring the fact that it's there mm-hmm. and that it's happened than you do by acknowledging it and figuring out either a way through it or around it. And I think that that is similar to kind of what you went through so can you take us a little bit through the journey of now you're you know you're you're up walking talking being the most (laughs) your most fabulous self all around on stage so how how did you get there it wasn't easy and Mm -hmm. and this is why I love what I do because 
I've lived it. So everything that I teach in my coaching and my speaking, I've lived it. Everything I write about in my book, I've lived it. And not only have I lived it for myself, I've studied it. I've, I've helped clients around the world to achieve their own results. And one of the key things in that, well, there's a lot of key things, but <laughs> <laughs> one that most people underestimate is the power of our thoughts and the power of our intentions. Mm-hmm. And so there's a saying that says the life that we're living now is a result of the thoughts that we had five years ago. And so you have to ask yourself, where do you want to be five years from now? And do your thoughts right now reflect that? And so intentions are a must. They are so important. And that's really what helped me in that recovery process because the first step in changing your life or achieving those goals that you truly desire, not the ones that you can knock out with ease and and Mm -hmm. do it all over again next week. You're not playing big enough, let me tell you that, for one. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) those, Those goals that scare you, that give you a little mini panic heart attack, Like, oh my gosh, can I really do this? That give you just a little bit of doubt. Like, you know you want it. You know you desire for it. But they they scare you, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so those goals, those are the ones that are truly going to really give you that, that life that you desire because that's the big big areas where God has the opportunity to move in and, and you can be like, Oh, that was nobody, but God, I did the work. But but (laughs) that, that was him all right there. So those are the goals that really make a difference in whether we live a fulfilled life or an unfulfilled life. And so in that first step in creating that process, we're setting my intentions. And I always say fuzzy intentions produce fuzzy results. Mm -hmm. So if you aren't crystal clear on what it is that you want for your life, then you're always going to be settling, settling for less than you desire, less than, less than you are worth. Um, you might be okay. You might be happy, you know, but you aren't truly fulfilled and you don't quite Mm -hmm. understand why you don't necessarily want to complain because you feel like you have all the things, (laughs) but that's why. And so those intentions have to be clear. And so for me, that intention was walking again. And sometimes they are that basic because that's what helped to pull me through. And I didn't just want to walk again. I wanted to walk without assistance without someone on my arm, without a cane, without a walker. I did not want to be in a wheelchair by any means necessary. And and that's what I had to focus on. Yes. So intentions. And then when your intentions are clear, they help guide you and pull you through when those obstacles do arise because you know what you're fighting for. That is so true because then you can look back to the actual plan and specifics so that true when you come to those obstacles or roadblocks you know which which way you're supposed to be going because I I saw this meme um on Instagram that said the girl said I I keep having people's husbands in my inbox it's like because you asked God for a husband but you weren't specific (laughs) on whose husband (laughs) right like yeah it's like I want a husband. I want my husband for me, not anybody else's. Exactly. Like, specific and clear on those intentions and what you want and what you desire. So, what what was the timeline for that? Once you set that intention and you began working, because some people, you know, are don't always understand. Like you said, the five years out you know, that time is going to pass anyway. And sometimes because something may take that long, they don't strive for it. And because it's going to be hard for that long. So how long did it take before you saw progress or you got to the point where you could walk unassisted? So I definitely want to answer that question, but can I just touch back on something that you said? Because I feel the folks in the balcony. (laughs) need to hear that part again. You said the meme about, you know, send me a husband and other people's husbands was in the inbox. So I don't know about the listeners, but for me, I believe in God. Mm-hmm. That is my spirituality. And I don't force it or push it on anybody, but 
I am a firm believer of, uh, you know, there is good and bad to every situation. So just like in the spiritual sense, there's the heaven and the hell, the right and the wrong. But even in science, Newton's third law says for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, which means for every end, there's an out. Every left, there's a right. Every good, there's a bad. And so when we put those intentions out there and we say, oh, just send me a husband or oh, send me this, we have to remember that not only is the good picking it up, but the bad's picking it up as well. Mm. And so, and so in, in the spiritual sense, uh, the devil, <laughs> he's going to say, okay, you want a husband? I got the perfect one for you. And <laughs> okay. He might make you woo and fall all over it, <laughs> but that's not what's supposed to be for you because God would never send you somebody else's husband. Mm -hmm. That's already about to fall apart right there. And, and so we have to remember that as well with our goals and things like that, that your vision is your vision and, and other people may not understand it. Other people will try to maybe derail you from the path of mm -hmm. your goal. And, and it's not always intentional. Sometimes it's just their fears projected onto you, but Absolutely. we be mindful of how we protect our goals and our visions and our environment and our mind as a whole. And so girl, you said that, I just wanted to throw that <laughs> out there. Yeah, girl, I'm feeling you. Cause it, it, it so ties into what you said. Cause then when you have that intention of, I won't, a husband that's mine that's nobody else and all these things when the devil presents that other person's husband you can say that's not what i asked my god for and i know that it's not from him so you can reject it so much quick more quickly than you would have been like oh but no and no but <laughs> there's no but that that's not what we're with that intention that we set out to have so yes girl preach on it <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. I oh, I felt that, and I was like, let me just share for the folks mm -hmm. in the balcony because that's a deeper point. We could do a whole podcast on that in and sure other. could. <laughs> but going back to the timeline question, that's the thing is that you know it's different for everyone, and sometimes it does take time. And I think that's where our societal impatience comes in because we want things right now. We right. have the world literally at our fingertips with the internet and social media and YouTube and all of those things. And so we often compare ourselves to other people and, oh, they're doing this already. Oh my gosh, I'm 34, but she's 24 and look what she's already accomplished. And, and we're constantly comparing ourselves. And I just want to say like comparison is the enemy of joy. And mm -hmm. we have to remember that our chapter five might be somebody else's chapter 87. And, right. and so we can't compare that. And there's another saying that says it takes 10 years to create an overnight success. Right. And so to the world, it seems like, oh, they just came up overnight. I didn't hear nothing about them last year. And all of a sudden they're everywhere. But to that person, that was years of consistent action and intentions and understanding where they were going and what they were fighting for and what they were trying to achieve. And, you know, sleepless nights and tears and countless no's, but not giving up. And that's what I had to do. Like, Ironically, I walked out of the hospital in exactly one month's time. Oh. So already that was a miracle in and of itself because nobody expected that. Absolutely. One day I pronounced me brain dead on multiple occasions. So there was that part. And then they didn't expect me to make it once I did <laughs> make it. So mm -hmm. then there was that part. And then they told my family and friends that, you know, if she wakes up, she might not be the same person. So then there was that part. And so for me to walk out of the hospital in exactly one month's time, everybody was shocked. Um, but again, I had my intentions. I knew what I was fighting for. And I held faith that God didn't keep me here for no reason, that there was a bigger purpose and it didn't include me being paralyzed. So that's what I focused on. But even in saying that, the process was much longer than that one month because I still had other things that I had to recover for, recover from as far as emotionally and mentally. 
because um, they don't prepare you for that part. Like, right. of course, there's the physical recovery, but the mental and emotional recovery took much, much longer. Yeah. And that physical, that, that, yeah, that's a whole different piece because it kind of, kind of that mental lags with you all the time. Um, and even physical healing is so linear kind of as well. Like obviously there can be ups and downs, but like, even if you get a scar, like there's a, there's steps to how it heals, but that mental thing can go up and down all the time. So yeah, that's, that's very impactful because I know for me, um, I can just be fine sometimes with my illness or even with the fact that I have, that I wear oxygen, but some one thing can trigger something doesn't change physically or what's going on but it can just be like wow you know it kind of takes you back for a second and you actually have to build that muscle of emotional like health to be able to bring yourself you know right back to it you experience your emotions fully of course but you know not to get caught up in it yes exactly so tell me more about once you, was there anything that was key to you about your journey that kind of said, I need to help other people? Like, what was that moment for you? So during my recovery process, I, I really struggled with my inner limiting belief. And the main one for me was I'm not good enough. Mm. And so many women have that feeling they didn't necessarily go through a wreck like I did, or even the extent of that traumatic experience, but they've had their own life experiences and their own traumas and their own past histories that created this feeling of, I'm not good enough. And it shows up in their lives differently for them than maybe it did for me. But things that I thought I had healed, I realized that I didn't truly heal and and it all boiled over during that recovery process in the wreck and and as I worked to personally develop myself and heal myself I realized where it all stemmed from I realized how it showed up in others and then things started to click like oh okay so this was the bigger purpose because one thing I always say is that there is always purpose in your pain, but there, it's up to you to identify what that purpose is. You have to give your pain permission to evolve into something greater. Nobody's going to make that choice for you. You have to be the one to make that choice. You have to be the one to say that I am choosing not to be a victim to the things that I have endured. And instead, I'm going to remove myself from victim mode and I'm going to change my circumstance and then use that to help somebody else because we're all in this together. It, everything is bigger than us. We like to think we're the center of the universe, but <laughs> all connected to one another. And so my story is meant to help somebody else. Your story is meant to help somebody else. Like we are the answer to someone else's prayer. And so there's always a message in your mess and a lesson in your loss, but you have to be the one to be willing to peel back those layers and identify what that is and then shape it in a way that it makes a greater impact than, than yourself. And so that's what I noticed along my recovery journey is that, okay, so my whole life has been a setup for this moment. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> now I recognize the pieces in hindsight, of course, um, but I can see how the puzzle pieces fit together and what that greater purpose is. And every time I work with the client and I see the transformation, it only further, further ingrains that system in knowing that this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Wow. That is amazing because, you know, looking to other people and to helping that, even if it's just one person or a million you know that, you know, what has happened to you has purpose. And even if that one person is yourself, if your purpose is inside of you to recognize the power, you know, that you have to heal your life, or even if it's external to activate that from something that, you know, was so traumatic for your life, um, 
is amazing to me. Um, and obviously I see that in you and I see that in other people and, and in myself. And I realized that I think there was a time during my um, journey to get to the place that I am now is that I, because it kind of, I don't, I want to say it happened naturally, but it was kind of my instinct to be positive and to kind of go after things after a certain point. I didn't see how extraordinary it was at first. Did you ever experience anything um, like that before you said, no, this is, this is something great that I can share. Did you experience that? Yeah. So that's often how it works as well. (laughs) When we're trying to find our purpose is what we think is blase, blase every day going about for us is magnificent to somebody else. And so we often shrug it off like, Oh, it's just something that I do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just like to do it or it comes easy to me. And like, it's second nature to us, but to other people, it's like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? Oh my gosh. Like that's so amazing. And we're looking at them like this, this little thing. <laughs> this thing. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's our skills or our talents or, you know, what we've been through, like we often shrug it off like that. And so what I realize is that people all my life had actually came to me with their secrets or for advice or, you know, well, Lindsay, what do you think about this? And things like that. And I, I did it so often that I just thought that was a part of my personality, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's just who I am. Oh, people trust me to keep their secrets. Uh, People like getting my opinion on what they got going on. Um, not recognizing that it was all ultimately a part of my greater purpose as a coach and as a speaker. And so now that I know that I can, I can craft and, and hone my purpose and my talent in a way that it makes a greater impact instead of just doing something that I would normally do. And I think that's another key point to point out is that sometimes even when we're good at something, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't work on it and try to master it and make it better because you're only increasing your impact. And so once I realized that I do have the ability to help people through coaching and, and through speaking, then I still had more work to do on me as far as mastering that to the next level. And it's so funny because oftentimes the things that we're running from are exactly what leads us to our purpose. And so we have to turn and we have to face it head on and we have to be willing to heal any parts of that so that we can effectively communicate that story without having a complete breakdown. That doesn't mean you don't have the emotions of your story, but you can deliver it in a way that I can share what I've been through and share the emotions of it, but I'm not going to have a complete meltdown in doing that because I know that in sharing my story, I'm in turn turning around to lift you up out of your hole. Absolutely. And it, and it's also, like you said, in recognizing that if it's, if you do have that emotional breakdown, it's not that that's not the story you're telling. You just might not be there yet mm-hmm. um, because you still may have things to work through that are that can be part of your journey um, that you're sharing. So um, that's so true, because I think you, you can kind of get caught up in so many parts of it. It's like it's your purpose, but you still have to work on it and some things don't always come easy with it, especially sometimes when it's attached to something like the things that we've been through um, and not so much a talent because I think I had that moment of the learn versus lived experience. So, Mm -hmm. you know, things that you learn, if that's your purpose and, you know, you can pick up on it and share it, that's a different beast than I lived through this and now that's my purpose and, trying to share it um but understanding that that is a valid experience and that is something that other people are living through as well that they need Mm -hmm. assistance with too exactly exactly that's very that's very great um what i was gonna talk to you about next is really that moment um of impact that you had with another person. So can you talk to me through like maybe your first experience with coaching, 
once you got through that space? Like how, how, how did that feel for you? It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I always say, you know, as a coach, sometimes I say the things that you don't want to hear or you do the things that you don't want to do, but ultimately it's so that you can become the person that you truly want to be. So my clients don't always like me. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, my goodness. But that's okay. I know that if I'm truly being an effective coach, then that's part of it because I'm, it's my role to help you dig down deeper to those things that's truly going to elevate you. And, and that's okay because, you know, sometimes we all need that gardener because I like to compare it to a seed. Every single last one of us, we're, we are a seed. And that means that every single thing that we need is inside of us. And so first comes that choice in saying, all right, what am I going to do knowing that I'm a seed? And so a seed needs dirt. And some of us will get in that dirt and we will make the choice to be buried. We'll feel suffocated by all the things that we're going through. We're in this dark place and we don't know how to get out of it. And, oh my gosh, why do I keep having all these obstacles? Why can't I get out of this situation? Why does it always seem like it's the same thing, same thing over and over? And we're just constantly playing the victim. And then others of us, we decide to be planted. Mm -hmm. And instead, we take that exact same dirt and we bloom and we grow. But there comes those times when we need some outside help. So there are some seeds that, you know, can can flourish on their own. They blow in the wind, they have the plants, and, and they fertilize and all that good stuff. But then there are a lot of seeds where you got to till the ground and you need that gardener to, to mend the soil and do all the things to help you bloom into fruition. So as a coach, I like to consider myself the gardener. And it's okay to have a gardener. It's okay to have a couple gardeners. So you might need some therapy in addition to coaching. <laughs> you might need that support system as far as best friends or family in addition to a coach and a therapist. And so whenever I watch people bloom, that is just the greatest feeling for me. Um, just knowing that they were willing to do the work because that's another thing. It doesn't matter what I say. I could have the keys to success and eternal happiness, but if you aren't willing to do the mental and emotional work and sometimes physical and very often financial work that goes into going to that next level, then it doesn't matter what I say or what you say or what anybody else says. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you are you are you that fed up or are you not you know and that's what I kind of say too it's like if you're gonna you know kind of push back at the work you know or not be ready to do it it's like I'm I'm not the coach for you because this is you know not really a coddling service it's like to get you to the place that you really want to be in for you be ready to do that type of work because going through it you know that it's work um and it's not just easy as saying, I want to do this. It's like, I have, have to do this um, and be in it so deeply to make sure that you're actually getting those changes. And I think sometimes people don't even realize that how unhappy they are with their lives. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of it becomes the, the having to admit that mm-hmm. because it becomes an issue for some people. And getting over that but I want people to know that that there's nothing wrong with that because you can always change and pivot at any point and make a better or best decision for yourself in that moment and maybe in five years you'll want something else and it's okay to do that work and make that action to change for your life at that point again so that's definitely something I try to teach the people that I work with um because I do think it can be hard but you have to be ready (laughs) to do Mm -hmm. the work (laughs) to do the work
Hey y'all, this episode is brought to you by the R&B group 3 Alphas. 3 Alphas consists of Corbin, T3, and Mr. West, all friends and members of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. 3 Alphas reintroduced real R&B to the music industry. Their debut album is powerful, raw, and message heavy, and it's called Dysfunction. The 13-track album features atmospheric beats, catchy melodic elements, raw instrumentation, and grasping vocals. Make sure you check it out. One of the things I see in the chronic illness community, um, and I've talked about this before, and I'm not sure if you see this with um, other you know, people in your industry, I know we speak to kind of the same things, but target at different people sometimes. But I think there's this, there's a la- layer of pessimism um, mm-hmm. that comes with people who have experienced things and they share from that lens, which I, obviously no one's experience is invalid, but it's just like, you don't have to remain there. And there's sometimes there seems to be attacked, an attack on people who try to be not happy about their circumstances, but who are accepting it mm-hmm. and who do shine a positive light. So have you experienced any of that? So as far as, you know, that pessimism, optimism, some people are comfortable in being negative. Mm-hmm. You mentioned about, you know, that's the normal um, earlier like you know sometimes we don't even realize that that is our normal and and some people that's where they're comfortable is in being negative and so when giving a situation like a chronic illness um or whatever experience that you may have endured in your life that you didn't necessarily ask or bring upon yourself it's finding and identifying, okay, what is the bigger purpose in this? Because some of those things we can bring up on ourselves through our thinking or through our style. But then for those moments when we didn't, when we legit did not bring that up on ourselves, it's how do we shift our mindset to knowing that, to a positive place from a negative place. Right. Like, I didn't ask for this guy. Like, why? 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 <laughs> why part me? Is, yes. Part is, is shifting that question from why me to why not me mm. and being okay and accepting that this is my story. Now, what am I going to do with it? Because yes. as I mentioned earlier, we're all connected to one another. And so the more that we fight our story, we're only bringing up on more suffering than, than we need to. Because I know some people that do have chronic illnesses, but they, they live very purposeful and, and passionate lives. And it's because they realize that what they're going through is a part of their greater impact. And, and part of their story wasn't necessarily being fully healed, as in my case. It was to be where they are with their illness and make an impact from that space. And so when we can understand that, like, okay, for some people, it's meant to fully recover. And then for other people, it's not meant to fully recover. But if we are in that that group, then how do I take my life and turn it into something greater and then that's whenever you'll start to experience more fulfillment and and truly start to make a difference out of the life that you have been given out of the cards that you have been given and then for those people that have that just consistent pessimistic attitude letting them be <laughs> over there in their room, let's do that <laughs> so that it doesn't rub off on you. And and understanding, as I mentioned, that for some people, that's the choice that they make because it's comfortable, and they would rather stay in that comfort of being negative and complaining and pouting about everything instead of being willing to step out of their comfort zone and make a change towards something different. 
Ooh, you said a word there because I like to see myself as showing people the light because I think that especially in communities like the chronic illness community or people who have been you know injured or something they're they're looking for a community because sometimes it's hard to see others out there like you and so Mm -hmm. when you find that and you see that kind of that is the message there you latch on to it because you think that that is how it's going to be but when you see that other people can be different or shine a light or be positive that might be what they needed to pull away and pull out of that. So even if it may be different or look different, I like to just be true to how I really feel Mm -hmm. um, about the situation. And I think that you're doing that too. And I think that's very important for you to say that whether it is for you to be healed or you're just doing your journey from where you are, um, that you do not have to be all the way healed to pursue this journey is an important Mm -hmm. distinction to make because your happiness can come regardless of whether you're healed or not. You may have to make some adjustments, but that's part of what I think we help with or what, you know, you really truly being accepting of what's happened so that you can make those adjustments. Yes. Yes. And it's actually biological as well. So in our bodies, now, excuse me for not knowing all the exact terms. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in our bodies, like our cells regenerate and they produce and, and a lot of things are going on in our bodies all the time. We're always releasing all kinds of chemicals and different things like that. And so when we are operating from a positive space, we are releasing different chemicals throughout our body that's going to encourage healthy regenerating of cells. And it's going Mm. to encourage a boosted immune system and things like that. But when we're constantly in a negative space and constantly stressed, we're releasing a different type of chemical throughout our bodies, which encourages deterioration of cells and things like that. So I'm not saying that um, think positive and that'll heal everything. Like that's not what I mean at all, but there are some things that you can assist in. So for example, you can be thinking yourself into stress and thinking yourself into stress can lead to other problems. So there's something in our bodies called cortisol and Mm -hmm. it's an important chemical. So, but only in short amounts. <laughs> For example, if we are in a life or death situation, like let's say you're outside and all of a sudden there's a giant dinosaur and you're like, whoa, where did dinosaurs come from? And why is it attacking me? Like your body is going to give you a burst of cortisol to get you out of that danger <laughs> or whatever danger it may be. I said a dinosaur, like those are the things, but that, that made it all the more crazy, right? <laughs> So like cortisol is important for that flight or fight response. It helps you to get out of danger, but it's only meant for your body in short amounts. So once you're out of danger, those levels should go back down and you should, you know, calm your body and resume normal living. But when we're constantly living in a state of stress and overwhelm and anxiety and all kinds of other things, then that means we are constantly releasing cortisol throughout our bodies. And when we're constantly releasing cortisol, then that means our brain is is constantly under attack. It's constantly feeling like your body is under attack. It's constantly stressed and thinking like, oh my gosh, what is wrong? What is wrong? What is wrong? And it's deteriorating your cells and all of those things that's going on in your body. And and you increase your risk for depression, you increase your risk for anxiety, you increase your risk for high blood pressure and all kinds of other things because of that constant release of cortisol. So you can think yourself <laughs> into illnesses. And that's why it's okay. that we protect our mental and emotional health because it does overflow into our physical health. Ooh. Again, you are preaching a word there. Okay, because that I like thinking about that, and you know, just like putting it into the perspective of like, 
yeah, when you're in those moments of, you know, fight or flight and all that's rushing through your body, your body redirects energy, you know, mm-hmm. to that area. So, of course, other things are just going to not be functioning. And if for a long term, that's going to be bad on your body. Just like, you know, how you lose toes when you're in the cold because it's redirected the heat to the middle to preserve what's keeping you alive. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to lose physically lose your toes for being in the cold. It's like for being negative and creating that response in your body, you know, you can lose your quote unquote toes or, you know, your health and things like that. So girl, give these people this word today. (laughs) Yes. I'm so happy that we were able to connect and I was able to, to get you on here. We're going to have to have you back, of course, because I think people are going to need to hear more and more about this like we said some of these topics we could have just talked about by themselves but i just wanted people to get an introduction to you and just hear everything that you're about so i know you have some things that are coming up in the new year um and i want to give you the opportunity to share that with the audience yes i'm super excited because in just a couple days uh, well, maybe by the time you hear this, it'll be already done, but <laughs> I am now opening up enrollment for First Class Life Academy cohort, cohort 2021. So I'm super proud of the 2020 cohort because they endured so much last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now it, I'm officially opening enrollment for that next group of women, ambitious, busy entrepreneurs and leaders that are looking to elevate to that next level. And so what the First Class Life Academy is, is it's, it's a holistic program. It's 10 months of group coaching and individual coaching and you're truly going to transform your life because we're going to focus on the three pillars of self which are self-care self-worth and self-discipline and that's what i call the three pillars because all three of those subconsciously affect our lives at the personal and professional levels and oftentimes we don't understand how or recognize how powerful they are so we're going to focus on those we're going to focus on growth and personal branding professional branding so if you're a leader versus an entrepreneur all of that is covered but what i love about it is that not only is this a coaching program to elevate you to the next level whatever that level is for you but also at the end of it you have the opportunity to share your story. And don't worry if you are unsure of what your story is. (laughs) Some of you might know, some of you might not, but that's part of the program. We will help you to identify what is your story and how to craft it in, in just the right way that it's even more impactful. And you will be a part of the First Class Life Anthology series So you will have your own chapter in a book. I'm super proud of the 2020 cohort because they are Amazon number one best-selling authors. Yes. Yes, yes. It was, see, that was one of those moments where I felt like a proud mama bear because (laughs) that was their first time, you know, becoming authors and not only to just become an author, but to be an Amazon number one best-selling author. And so that's just an additional perk of the program. And because I like to do it big and I love whenever we take the time to be intentional about treating ourselves and prioritizing our self-care, the end of it also ends with a retreat, an international retreat, okay? So yes, we go through our 10 months of coaching and growing and connecting with the other ladies of the program because you truly become a family in the First Class Life Academy, but then you end it with your story in a book and you end it with a nice retreat to celebrate your achievements and be intentional about self-care. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so amazing. Y'all, if you if this resonates with you and you want to be a part of that journey, you better get on it. Do you have a wait list open now or can um can they go on your website and get that information? Share with them how to connect with you on your website and everything so they can go check it out. 
Yes. So depending on when you're listening to this, you can either join the waitlist or it's already open. So if you go to my website, lindsayvertner.com, there are tabs over there that say first class life in the menu and you can just click on it. Or the direct link is lindsayvertner.com forward slash first hyphen class hyphen life. First class life. Um, with those dashes in between the words. So lindsayvertner.com forward slash first hyphen class hyphen life. And you can actually see all of the first class life programs there. Um, first class life Academy, the course, we're even going on a retreat, but that is in another tab. <laughs> in Fiji. So yes, if you want to join me in Fiji in July, join me at the first Ooh. class life luxury self care retreat. <laughs> now that's like a whole move on my website. So yeah, lindsayvertner.com across all social media. Please subscribe to my YouTube, follow me on Instagram, reach out. You can find all of that information on my website. Just Click around wherever you please, lindsayvertner.com. And I would love to connect with you. And I also have a free gift. Oh, yeah, free gift. Yes, because uh, why not? (laughs) (laughs) And so I wanted to share with you the red light, green light action plan guide, because I know a lot of people are focusing on their goals and, and what am I going to do next? And so this guide is going to truly help you create an action plan that you will actually follow because sometimes we make a plan and they kind of fall by the wayside. And so this one is going to be set up in an effective manner that you actually follow through and truly achieve your goals, whatever that goal may be. And so you can download your complimentary guide at bit.ly forward slash take action download b-i-t dot l-y forward slash take action download i will be sure to include that in the notes so if you didn't get that it will be down below wherever you're listening so that you can make sure you take advantage of that because we do not want your goals sitting on a piece of paper and you're not taking (laughs) action on them so again Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciate everything that you shared with the audience today. Thank you for having me, Whitney. Of course. Thank you for listening to When Wit Happens. You can find Whitney living her best life at thewhitneywest.com and at thewhitneywest on social media. Subscribe and follow for updates. Until next time, keep living your best life.